Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. It is 8 to 17. Yaya Mahmoud is an Arab-Israeli Zionist. He's an educator and an Israel advocate. He defies stereotypes and he embraces his mission, a mission of peace and understanding. Yaya, very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I'm I'm doing exactly as everybody's doing right now. <laughs> so you're terrible today. Is that what you say? It could be better. It could, I be, could, better. could be better. It's a very, very difficult time. Very, very difficult time in Israel. And of course, dealing with this on so many levels, we've of course got the the actual horror, the tragedy, the terror, the uh, murder and kidnapping of uh, of uh, Israelis, and uh, then we've got the, the, the war that's looming and unfolding, plus we have this whole area of very negative sentiment and misinformation. Uh, your, your involvement, your, you know, you've uh, obviously involved with the IDF, but you're also very, very active on the information side. How are you managing to keep up to date and not lose your sanity at a time like this? Um, honestly, I sometimes I could not believe my eyes. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation going on in English uh, as well. Uh, I have seen many, many media outlets um, misquote intentionally and spread misinformation intentionally and twisting well, that's a light word, not even twisting, but changing the reality on the ground. Uh, yesterday, Al Jazeera in English has misquoted the IDF spokesperson um, and said that the IDF takes responsibility for the strike that affected the hospital in Gaza. That is a blatant lie, and they do not uh, they do not represent any fact of the any speck of the truth. Uh, they do not respect themselves. Any media outlet that respects itself. Um, any media outlet that respects itself will try to at least uh, spread the truth to, to the best of their capabilities. I've been absolutely shocked, and it shows us how important it is to get the Israelis out of the story out there. Mm, mm. So it's 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 very very difficult because what what I'm seeing is those who want to believe a certain narrative won't question, and they're going to. Uh, they, they're going to hook on to that anyway because at least they've got somewhere where it says, for example, that Israel has has bombed the hospital. Now, we know unequivocally that that isn't the case, but yet it still continues to be the conversation. And and uh, the, the amount of energy that we spend in dispelling the myth it means we're not talking about the hostages. We're not talking about other important things. Is that a strategy? Is it deliberate? Or is it just evil? Uh, first, uh, we have to pick and choose our audiences. Uh, each side of the Israeli community has taken uh, a part in either spreading the information, correcting the misinformation, reaching out to people who are still on the fence, who are still neutral in this, uh, in this uh, matter. I don't imagine, I can't imagine mm. how, but there are some people still neutral in this matter. Um, I wouldn't, I would say it's evil. I would even label it as a blood label against the Jewish people and against Israel. There is nothing, uh, it's as, it's as clear as day. It's as clear as day. If, if you misquote the IDF spokesperson, uh, blatantly lie about, uh, an incident where many human lives were lost just to, 
put a put a put, put, stick it to the the IDF uh, forces, no matter the clear evidence that was provided less than 24 hours. I have to I have to really uh, acknowledge that less than 24 hours, the IDF came out with a statement, evidence, everything. Uh, some media outlets continue to ignore the evidence and continue with this blood label. It's it, it's enormously frustrating, and, and of course the consequences are real. We've seen synagogues in Berlin attacked uh, in Spain or an area controlled by Spain. We've seen it in Tunisia. There are very very real consequences to misinformation. Absolutely, absolutely. I have friends uh, that are living abroad, uh, and they're speaking of higher levels of uh, intolerant. Very, a lot of uh, uh, hard feelings. Uh, all my Israeli friends abroad are being asked what is really going on in Gaza. Uh, a lot of uh, the myths that were debunked at the beginning of the conflict are still echoing uh, within the international community. Uh, to be to be frank, we kind of tend to forget that uh, your average Joe, a non-Jew, a person who has no connection with Israel, has never seen an IDF soldier maybe once or twice uh, saw a story on their television about Israel, could be positive and it could be negative. They don't know our uh, rules of engagements in the IDF. They don't know the Israeli mentality. So we would not, we should not uh, start our conversation with something that is, should be in our stand, should be like understood and assume that the person in front of us understands that. We have to explain again and again that the IDF does everything to avoid human casualties, civilian casualties, the technology that we have. This is the base that we work from as Israel advocates. And mm. our story of, uh, of uh, the victims from uh, that Saturday when we were surprised, surprisingly attacked, um, some people are still debunking what went on. Uh, so I, again, I refer to what I said, choose your audience. Anybody who uh, starts asking for evidence uh, even though Hamas has no shortage of GoPros that were under uh, terrorist members, anybody who starts asking you for evidence is clearly a person you should not be engaging with. This is a lost cause. Invest your time with somebody who is willing to actually listen and learn. So my concern, yeah, my concern is this, is that you don't have a better, in inverted commas, a better example of the cruelty of Hamas. They filmed it, they decapitated babies, they've raped women, they've burnt people, they've they murdered people in their homes, they took hostages. It's hard to think of something that they didn't do. And they filmed it. There's there's no disputing what happened and what they intended to do. And yet even in this type of a situation we are seeing the narrative, well, you know, 75 years of oppression and open-air concentration camps. If, if you don't feel sympathy for Jews and, well, not even Jews because it was new Jew and non-Jew, Israeli civilians and Israelis, if you don't feel sympathy now, given what Hamas has done, I don't know if we'll ever change hearts and minds. And that's what I'm grappling with right now. It's a challenge. It's really a challenge. It's it's definitely a challenge. This we've we have never dealt with uh, with this level of an of an event so far. And an interest, a world interest in Israel, 
Um, the, intro, the story, the Israeli side of the story was the first to break out. Our job as people who are connected to Israel is to make sure the story stays about Israel and not what goes on in Gaza. Uh, I have went on on many media outlets and while I'm speaking about the Israeli side, they're showing the Gaza and they're showing the destruction there. Mm, mm. They started this attack and they asked for this and this is what they got. We are, uh, we are, uh, we are, should be continuing uh, again and again to speak about Israelis, uh, our Israeli side. Uh, even though the challenges are tough and sometimes it's difficult, but we have to find uh, the energy to do it. Yeah, if I could just ask you, you your background, uh, you grew up in an anti-Israel environment. What made you change your mind? Maybe there's an answer in that. Uh, I definitely, I definitely grew up with a very negative image of the Jewish people and in Israel and about Israel. Um, what changed my mind is the everyday interactions that we have in Israel. I met my Jewish counterparts in Israel. I grew up in an Israeli Arab town. I wasn't able to speak Hebrew, so there was a language barrier there. Mm, mm. But after that, after I came, uh, overcame that, uh, there was a lot of information that was available to me. I, uh, I discovered a whole side of the conflict that I was never taught about in school, in my community. Uh, I realized, though, unfortunately, that this is not a... This is not an, uh, an, an Israeli Arab town issue. This is not an issue for my Israeli town. This is an issue for the worldwide. As we say, misinformation spreads like wildfire about Israel. And then it takes months, if not years, uh, if not generations to, to fix it. Mm. Um, and I went on, to, on this international uh, journey to speak about my story and to empower Jewish communities around the world. Uh, and South Africa was, uh, I was very delighted to be in South Africa twice. I found myself on, uh, on the University of Witts campus, oh, uh, during IAW. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. And I visited, I have to say, I, mis- I visited Moshe's Biltong and I still, uh, <laughs> trying to get my, uh, trying to get my hands on uh, Well, that's how South Africa, uh, the community wins hearts and minds is with our kosher Biltong. There's no question about that. We're going to need to organize to, you know what, uh, it's, it, it, it's, at a time like this, it's, it's considered a care package, right? We need to get you some of that. Uh, if that, uh, if that will help you through these difficult times, definitely we'll need to do it, see what we can do about that. But it is, uh, the, and meeting Jews around the world, uh, that certainly I can tell you that you give strength to the Jewish community. Uh, the, the, uh, that there's absolutely no doubt about. The question is, do you change uh, do you change minds around the world? I would imagine you do. Do you change minds in Israel within the Arab community? What's what's been the reaction there? Uh, the reaction is very clear. As uh, I have gotten, first of all, as I said, uh, many people have were exposed to uh, uh, were exposed to the to the devastating footage that came out uh, from uh, from uh, our Israeli communities near Gaza. A, a lot of Israeli Arabs were uh, in uh, in Israel were exposed to uh, what happened, and nobody could stay neutral. There are uh, families, whole families that were destroyed. Uh, I lost friends uh, that were uh, in those communities. Uh, a lot of Israeli Arabs came to me asking if they could volunteer in um, in the IDF, or they could volunteer in the police. They could volunteer in anywhere. So they could do something. Suddenly, everybody woke up a little bit patriotic, 
that Saturday morning when the rockets were flown at everybody, fired at everybody. Um, so the reaction has been good. The Israeli police has been swift in dealing with anything mm, that, mm. that's anti-Israel that's happening right now. And uh, we are hoping for the better. We have to remember those operations do not end within a day or two, a week or two. This is an ongoing operation. And uh, we are seeing from the beginning of it is that uh, Israel's minority have chosen a side and that's the Israeli side. And uh, that is where we leave it, Yaya Mahmida. You inspire us all, and uh, just keep doing the work that you are doing. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us, and thank you for all that you do.